Hi friends, I'm Paige and I'm Abby and welcome to a Love Like This podcast. What's up everybody? Welcome back to a Love Like This. Today on our show we have our first official guest that isn't a Johnson. It's kind of funny. Her name is Robin and she's our best friend. Last year, Robin was actually diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome and a functional neurological disorder. We dive deep into her story, her journey in faith, and just how much a caramel latte means to all of us. That's what's coming up on our show, so stick around and get ready to turn your setbacks into set-ups. Well, guys, we have Robin in the building with us today. Hey, Robin. Hello. How are you doing? We're doing good. That's good. We're very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We were just saying how Robin is our first guest that isn't a Johnson. I know. How privileged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robin, we love you so much. Okay. We kind of want to get straight into it. So for somebody who doesn't know you, can you talk to us a little bit about like who you are, where you're from? Sure. So as you know, my name is Robin and I um, was born in South Africa and moved to Australia when I was nine years old, which was a bit hectic. I graduated high school two years ago and I'm now studying a Bachelor of Business majoring in International Event Management and International Hotel and Resort Management. And yeah. She's doing it all. She's so good. Yeah, that was perfect. And she's dating our cousin, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should tell a story about how we met, like how, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. When was the first time, I know we clicked in our friendship because do you remember? We were having uh, Chinese. Oh, my goodness. And you called me before Chaz even was there. And yeah, I was like, it was so I came bad. out of the restaurant and was like, Robin, I know you already. But we had only been like texting for like literally like a, like a, a week. week. And this was, this was about three years ago. So Robin is dating our cousin Chaz, but it, she's not just my, my cousin's girlfriend. She's also one of our really good friends. So yeah. Yeah. We have so much in common with you, Rob. So. Mm. Okay, Robin. Going to... Straight in. Okay, we're going to okay. like go head first into this. You know, in life, we all experience setbacks. Mm-hmm. However you want to measure it, like big or small, mm-hmm. you have particularly experienced a major setback in your life. Pretty traumatic and pretty hectic. Can you talk mm-hmm. to us a little about your experience and your setback and what happened to you? Of course. So last year, I was fortunate enough to uh, go on a family holiday to South Africa, so back to my home country. Um not so luckily for me, I did get sick while I was over there. So I actually ate a bit of raw chicken. <laughs> I don't know why, but I ate like a whole bowl of it. And I ended up getting really, really sick with uh, food poisoning, which seems like no biggie in like the hindsight. But um, unfortunately, that food poisoning two months later wound me up in hospital completely paralyzed. So... I just started uh, my first year at uni and I had to move up onto campus and like, you know, experience the whole college girl life. And um, I wound up getting really, really sick. And one day I was in the shower and I started seeing black spots everywhere. My legs started getting really bad pins and needles. Next thing I knew, I was on the floor and I could not get up. And it was pretty traumatizing to say the least. So it started at my legs and for the life of me, I could not stand back up. So in my mind, I was like forcing myself up to stand up and my legs would not move. 
Fortunately for me, it was another half an hour later before my arms actually became paralysed as well. So I was able to drag myself out of the shower, uh, put on some clothes because I was not going to die there naked. She's like smiling while telling this story as well. <laughs> I was not going to be in the shower when someone found me completely naked. I was like, this is not how I'm going. Um, but yeah, I managed to put some clothes on and... Um, I was like yelling out. I was yelling out to my roommate at the time, just saying like, please help me, help me, help me. And fortunately, she managed to get a hold of some of my friends on campus, as well as the duty manager, kind of like a security guard. So he like stays on campus and makes sure everything goes fine. Yeah. Mm. Um, and when my friends came in, it was so bad that I couldn't get up and I couldn't move my arms either. So I was pretty much a dead weight. Anyway, they wanted to call the ambulance and me being me, I was like, no, that's so extra. Like, please don't. Like, I'd rather freaking, I don't know, roll to the hospital. Like, I was like, I'm not getting in an ambulance. (laughs) And um, my friends decided they would then take me to the hospital. Um, But it was so bad that I couldn't even stand up from where I was on the floor. So my friend had to scoop me up. He uh, took me to the car and... For a split second, he thought that maybe like while he was opening the door, he could hold me up and I would manage to stay upright. Not the case. I (laughs) fell, I scraped my knees, but I couldn't feel anything. It was the most bizarre feeling in the world. Um, I eventually got to the hospital. I had about three nurses come and get me out of the car because I could not move. Um, They wheeled me in and took my friends away. And I think that was the most scary part of it all was being entirely alone, yeah. um, one and a half hours away from home, which doesn't seem like much. But at the time, I literally, like, I've never felt so alone. Mm. Anyway, and, like, I knew there was something wrong with me, but I couldn't tell them exactly what it was. Like, I was going, like, they were going, oh, it's, like, heat stroke. I'm like, it is not heat stroke. Yeah. Heat stroke, like, you don't become paralysed, right? Mm-hmm. And they did all the testing, like... And they did, like, you know, the diabetes testing. They took blood. They took, like, they were just, like, doing an overall checkup. Mm -hmm. And I was still sitting in this wheelchair. And then my torso became paralysed too, and as did my neck. So I was literally a ragdoll slipping out of this wheelchair. Anyway, that's when they obviously found that it was pretty intense and actually serious and I wasn't messing around. Mm -hmm. And they put me into emergency, got me on all the drips, um, that sort of thing, and got the doctor in. By the time I saw the doctor, I'd been alone for about an hour and a half. And like I said, I was completely paralyzed. So I couldn't feel my legs, my arms, all the way up until like my belly button and then my neck. And it was like spreading fairly quickly. And all I could do was lie there and look at the ceiling. I had no idea like what was happening to me. I didn't have anyone there to, you know, calm me down. My friends had been taken away. I didn't know if my parents knew. I didn't know if Chaz knew. Yeah. We were and with Chaz. Yeah. I was Brian next to me got the call and he freaked out, as did I. Yeah. Yeah, who yeah, told me? It was it was pretty intense. Um, eventually they uh, they were just putting a bunch of needles into me and I knew like it was bad because I have a phobia of needles and I like freak out when I have to get a needle and yet they were stabbing them in me left right and center and I felt nothing I was like oh my gosh like 
kind of cool though because I'm yeah. not feeling them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, give me all the needles. Yeah, just pick, give me everything <laughs> yeah. I need now while I can't feel it. Um, but yeah, and it, it ended up getting to the point where like I was hysteric. I was crying. I was freaking out. I was going, please tell me like, have you called my mom? Like, can you please bring my friends in? Like, I, I, I need someone here with me. And I will never forget the nurse. Her name was Rachel. Um, she said to me, she was like, honey, I'm only going to bring your friends in if you calm down. And I was going like, what, like, what do you mean, lady? Like, I can't mm. feel anything and you're telling me to calm down? Like, are you joking? Anyway, and she eventually brought my friends in and I was trying really hard to not stress them out because that's just the kind of person I am. Like, I don't want to freak other people out. I try yeah, to like, like keep deal it cool it. Yeah. kind of thing just deal with it um so I was like and I could just see they were freaking out and I was just like trying to be cool like make like funny jokes and stuff and they could like rearrange my arms like and make me look like I'm lying dead in a coffin or whatever and I wouldn't be able to move them back like um and it got to the point where like I, I really I really started questioning everything I was going like wow I think this could be my last day on earth. Like I literally was like, I have no idea what's happening to me. And then what made it worse was the emergency doctor came in and she said to me, she was like, look, I think you have um, Guillain-Barre syndrome and I need to get you down to a different hospital right away because if um, the paralysis moves up into your lungs, you will stop breathing and you'll either die or we'll have to put you in an induced coma. So as a 19-year-old girl hearing Mm. that and you're without your family, I literally, like, I freaked out. I was like, okay, okay, like, now what? Like, what can I do? And literally the only thing I could do there and then was pray and, boy, did I pray. Like, I was was begging for my life. I was saying like, God, like, I'm not ready to go yet. Please, please, please. Like, let me show you. Let me show you what I can do. Like, use me. Like, please, please, please don't let me go now. And it was, yeah, it was terrifying. Anyway, I was rushed to this other hospital and um, they were keeping everything very much a secret from me. So they didn't want to talk about my condition in front of me. Rather, they would call the other nurses aside and talk to them behind like a window or something like that. And I'd be away from it. And that's pretty terrifying. Like you're going like, oh my gosh, like they're not telling me what's happening, but like they're telling everyone else, like, do you know what I mean? And you see it in all the movies and that's just as the person dies. So I'm going like, well, thank you. Thank you. Anyway, eventually... Because I was in ICU, they said to me, um, you know, like my mum or dad could stay, but like it really, it was not a, like, it was horrible there. And I was just like, you know what, just go home. Like if anything happens, it happens. I love you guys. <laughs> like it, it will be right. Um, and I'll never forget this nurse. Oh, she was a cow. Anyway, um, hopefully she's not listening to this and remembers me. But um, <laughs> she... I was lying there like literally flat on my back. So like I couldn't even move. So all I could see was the ceiling, right? And she came to me and she goes, all right, honey, um, I'm going to put this button underneath your hand and and you press this button if you feel like you can't breathe anymore and walks away. I'm there like like, yelling. I'm on my back and I'm like, but I can't move. How do you expect me to like press this damn button? I'm paralyzed for crying out loud. And she got mad at me. 
was mad at me. And then she like had to sit on my bed for the rest of the night because she was like, no, I have to watch you in case you stop breathing. I was like, oh, sorry. Like, it's <laughs> such, such a hectic experience, honestly. I was going to kind of ask you like from the moment that it happened, the moment in the shower, you know, like in the car, in the hospital bed and then in the ICU, like you kind of talked about it, but like what the heck was going through your mind? Like, well, the very start. So when I was first, like when it first happened to me, I was just like, oh man, like something's wrong with my legs. Like I was like, oh, no biggie. But when I started to lose feelings in my arms, I was like, oh my gosh, this doesn't feel like this does not feel normal. Eventually when I was lying there in hospital, I I really did lose it. I lost it because none of the nurses could tell me what was happening. Mm. They had no idea what was going on with me. They checked my bloods and my bloods were fine. They checked like my urine, my urine was fine. They were doing all the possible tests that they could and they could not for the life of me figure out what was wrong. And that really freaked me out because I was like, if they don't know what's going on, how the heck like am I ever supposed to find out? And at that very given moment, like I couldn't move anything. Like I couldn't move my head side to side. I couldn't lift my finger to press the call button on my phone. Like it was so intense. And I just remember, like, I remember going like, I can't leave. I don't want to leave. Like, I don't want to leave Chaz, especially. I was like, oh no, Chaz is going to find another girlfriend. Like so tragic. And then, um, you know, I was going like my parents, like they didn't move all the way from South Africa to Australia to have me dead because I freaking... I don't even know what I did. We actually ended up tracing it back to the chicken after that. Um, but I was going, okay, like what happens if I do get out of this, but then I'm a paraplegic for the rest of my life? Mm. How will my life change? I won't be able to drive a car. I won't be able to go for walks. I couldn't play sport. Like whether we like it or not, people do judge people with disabilities and think that, you know, they're not just physically impaired, they're mentally impaired too. Mm boy do I have stories about that later (laughs) Um, but yeah like I just remember going like oh my gosh like my life has changed my life has changed I don't know in what way but I know that it's gonna be a big change and to be honest I can't control anything the only one that control it can control it is God yeah and that's when I was just like he's got me he's got me whatever happens to me like it's because of him and I know there's a reason for it. Like 100% I know there's a reason. And like to this day there's this verse that really clearly sticks out to me. It's John. Um, Bring it, sister. <laughs> yeah, it's John chapter 13 verse 7 and it's when Jesus replies and he goes, um, for you do not understand now what I am doing but later you will understand. Yes. And I'm just like, like that's what I literally live by now because while that was such a terrible, terrible time for me. And it was horrible because like along it, like with it came all sorts of like, you know, things on the inside too that like really messed me up. Yeah, like all of the anxiety and all of the questions and Yeah, yeah. And like I, I didn't get it then. And I used to think like, I used to be like, man, like it would have been so much better if I had just gone there and then like, But like now that it's happened and I look back on it, I'm like, I wouldn't change it for the world. I really wouldn't. Like Robin, you know, those thoughts that you had in that moment of being like, it would have been better if I, you know what I mean? But somehow your life, like there's purpose. Oh, for sure. Like I, well, this is what I was going to ask you, Robin, how, and you touched on it a little bit just then, 
how did this like traumatic experience that you see in movies it literally sounds like a movie to me and you're a close friend of mine so even having like knowing someone who's been through this like how has this like traumatic experience shaped your faith to where it is today like you touched on where you saw god kind of move in like the hospital and stuff like that and we've had a conversation about that before as well yeah in a lot of detail as well but yeah yeah like how much stronger has your faith been since this experience honestly like faith is a journey and it's got so many bumps along the way and you or like faith is something you will always question and that's completely normal but honestly since that day I knew that there was a a plan for me and that it was a plan that was written out in extremely great detail and it honestly all worked out for the better and my faith has never been so strong and that I too can thank you guys for because honestly you've brought me so much closer to the Lord and I just want to be like you like this is how it is <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't but, have a friend like you Robin um, oh, thank you for that that's but yeah like no one will understand faith until they're put in that position where faith is their only option. And you read so many stories about that. And mine's Sorry, can you say that again for the girl in the back? Can you say that again? (laughs) Can you repeat that? Oh no, I forgot what I said. (laughs) I forgot what you said as well because I was just gonna like put it in here. Definitely along the lines of like you won't need your like you don't uh, uh, you don't need you don't your understand your faith until like desperate times yeah 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 until you need faith <laughs> until you faith is the last option yes. you have there yes. we go there we go but yeah like it is so incredibly true like I just remember crying out like I was like God like please 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 like I will do anything and since he worked that like the magic that he did that night and I was able to survive after getting like um uh like it's similar to like a blood infusion type thing right um I was like man like if he saved my life this time there's got to be a purpose for it there's got to be a reason he's trying to show me something and that has changed me it has changed me in the sense that you know after I got sick I was left with a walking impairment, so I had to learn how to work, walk properly again. I could get up on two feet, but like people thought there was something wrong with me because I kept waddling everywhere and I couldn't drive and I still can't really feel my feet. But um, it has given me so much more respect for people who that is their everyday. And no one realizes like the hardship that those poor people have to go through mm. literally every day doing the simplest tasks. like. Guys, I could not unscrew a water bottle, like the lid of a water bottle. That was too hard for me. Squeezing shampoo out of a shampoo bottle. Like, when did you ever think about doing that? You never go, oh, I'm going to squeeze shampoo now. Like, you don't think about that stuff. But it is. it was so incredibly hard for me. I couldn't cut fruit. Like, it was insane. It was actually insane. Like, at the very beginning, I couldn't do my own hair. I couldn't put my own shirts on. Like... You know, like you gain so much more respect for people who have to do that all the time. And even not just those people, but the people who look after those people. Like, God bless my mom and dad for having to put up with me. Like, and even my friends at uni, like one of the girls used to have to come in and help me put my shirt on and do my hair so I could go to class in the morning. Like, it was so full on. But I gained such an amazing perspective from it all that it's very much like, 
you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Just because someone's in a wheelchair doesn't mean that there's something else wrong with them. Do you know what I mean? And that's something that I really did find because I couldn't quite do things. Like a lot of the time people would be like talk down to me like I was dumb. And I'm like, I can understand every single word you're saying, but they don't they don't get that. Um, but yeah, the whole thing, like it definitely left me with a lot of gratitude and I've never been so grateful for the things that I have in my life than I have now. Yeah. 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 It, it shows me kind of like perspective on to not take anything for granted. And it also goes to show like hearing your story. I mean, just sitting back here, like take it all in again. Like <laughs> it, no, like it shakes I you know. awake because, you know, with what happened to you, never in a million years would you have even thought that that would ever happen to you and it happened. Mm. And then going from you're never going to walk again to now walking, running. Come mm-hmm. on now. Like, yeah. praise <laughs> the Lord. Like, yeah. what, did, what did Catherine Wolf say? Do you know who Catherine Wolf is, by the way? Mm-mm. I'm going to say We're going to have this. Another, another person. Hope Hope we, we always show Robin, like, one. I feel like it's, like, one <laughs> Instagrammer yeah. every time we see you. Oh, my goodness. No, but she says, because she has, like, a, a physical impairment as well, and she said um, that... Uh, what did she say? She knew because she suffered from a really horrific stroke at the age of 26. And she said she knew the story was good because God doesn't know how to write any other story. So she knew it had to end good. And this is just like, I mean, you're sitting right in front of me. This is just physical evidence of what a good story looks like. Like, it's just amazing, Robin. Mm -hmm. And like, the thing too is, I would not have been able to get through it all if it weren't for the people around me. And man, did I learn who my cheerleaders were. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's and so yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I honestly, there were times where, like I said before, faith is a twisty, windy, bumpy road. And there were so many times where I was like, God, like, why didn't you just take me? Like, why, why leave me wandering this earth when, like, I'm questioning everything that I've ever done or will ever be able to do again? And, like, people like my parents, your families especially, like, no one treated me different there, whereas I, I truly did lose, like, quite a number of friends because I wasn't seemed as fun anymore. And, you know, like, I did miss out on things at uni and I did I did struggle a lot socially, like, really bad. But now that I look back at it, I'm like, man, I wouldn't change it for the world because, like I said, I now know who my true cheerleaders are. I now know who I can count on. And... While my circle is so much smaller, it is so much better, so, so much better. And, yeah, I wouldn't be here um, if it weren't for you guys either. So, yeah. She's so cute. She just got so scared because of like, touch my I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm talking, so I can't say sorry. You're so cute, oh Robin. Okay. So, Robin, from, you know, hearing your story, this is obviously a massive setback. And I feel like, I don't know why, but the theme of this podcast, I feel like is talking about how setbacks are really setups. I think my dad briefly touched on this in his episode, but I really believe that like this was a massive setup for you. I kind of wanted to ask you if there's anything that you've taken from this experience, you know, from this hard, crazy season of your life, what's a piece of advice that you can give to someone, like I said before, measure it, small setback, big setback, whatever it may be. Like, what is one thing that you could tell them? I guess I would say that, you know, nighttime doesn't last forever and the sun always rises the next day. And it's always 
a fresh day for new starts to better yourself, whether it be, you know, uh, mentally, physically, literally anything like that. I'm a firm believer that like a little progress each day leads to really big results. And that's definitely something that helped me in my case, like a little bit of walking each day and a year later I can run again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So definitely like the, du- the dark times don't last forever and God did not give you this life um, because he didn't think you couldn't live it. Yeah. Mm. Robin. <laughs> okay. So obviously we've spoken about since this experience, your faith has grown so much on a practically daily basis. I know this is something you're passionate about. <laughs> your yes. daily like routines, you love your mornings as well. But like at the root of it, like when I find it really hard to explain what having quiet time actually does to me, like I can't really explain that to other people. But in your own words, like when you spend time with God in your mornings and now having this story to back you and Obviously, I think you're coming to God every day with a huge amount of gratitude from what he's like taken you through. What does that like quiet time in his presence like A, look like to you and B, what does it do to you? Okay, so quiet time for me is more so a reflection more than anything else and seeing the ways in which God is working throughout my life. So I often come to him with like, worries or like oh I need to pray for this person or like god I'm sorry I lied this one time like you know but it really is a time for me to reflect and to really acknowledge who he is and what he does and not just in my life so one of the ways I like to reflect is I like to write down my prayer points um in just a normal journal every single time I pray and then what I find is after a couple of days, I'll go back and be like, oh my gosh, that was answered. Yeah. Like he answered me. (laughs) Our accent is so cute. so cute. I love it. (laughs) But it really is a reflection. It's a reflection on not only who he is, but who we ought to be. So I do my daily devotionals and they often talk about things like forgiveness and love and gratitude as well. And I just reflect on my life and I'm like, how can I forgive more? And I've taken such big steps this year when it comes to forgiveness. I've I've really come out of my comfort zone and, you know, gone and spoken to people that I've had fallouts with. And I go like, if God can forgive people who murdered, I can forgive that person. Do you know what I mean? And same with love. I find it very hard to love some people but I know that's what needs to be done because after all, if he can love without boundaries, like why can't I? So I really try to take that time to see how I can implement those things in my daily life. So how can I love more? How can I forgive more? How can I judge less? That sort of thing. And really reflect on my life and be like, okay, so this scenario happened was that the like right thing to do in that time? Should I have been more forgiving? Should I have loved more? Should I have, I, you know, reached out more? That sort of thing. And I really, yeah, I reflect a lot. And quiet time for me, it honestly, it is the time where I am my complete best self. Like yeah, I, same. It is literally like I'm in a jail and then the doors like open wide and you're like free and it's like, oh. Like that. Literally, that's literally how it feels like. Like it is so exhilarating to start your morning the right way. 
And I always find that if I start my morning with God, that day is going to absolutely kick butt. But if I don't start my morning with God, there's already, I'm already feeling down. I'm already like finding it hard to notice the small things like the cute little birds are like chirp and the sun rising and that sort of thing. But yeah. yeah. Do you know what I noticed this week? Like literally in my routine, I got in a really bad habit of like turning off my alarm, right? But then as I do that, I like hop on Instagram really quickly. Even if it's just for a split second, I'm like, great. I've already stuffed up my entire day. And it's really frustrating. But then, um, mm, yeah. <laughs> but hearing Robin, like hearing Robin talk about the whole reflective, like part of your quiet time, like, hey, like, how can I like judge less? How can I love more? How can I forgive more? It's like, I know like you saying that to me is a reminder to me that I need to reflect a heck of a lot more. Because like what you said, I'll just come to him with like my worries, like my prayers, like God, like thanks for this. Like what was the structure of prayer that changed your life? It was, it was, we learned this in Alpha. We did this in a Bible study. And I don't know if you remember Robin, but the one about um, all about prayer. And I literally was like, it stuck with me. I didn't even know why, but I loved it so much. It was like a prayer structure and it was like, thank you, sorry, please. But then I added onto it people. What? She's like, what? <laughs> Do you do it too? Oh, do you? How good? Okay. Oh my goodness. She because told- sometimes, you know what? Sometimes I'll literally be like, God, give me 15 minutes and I'll just pray right now. And it's like all over the place. I'm like, what mm. am I praying for? And I'll be honest, like my, I haven't been praying nearly as enough as I should like recently. And it's, it's like, you see a shift because it's like, we always talk about how saying things has so much like power, but if you're saying it to the creator of everything and you know, he's listening to you, it's like, oh, like, Take it all, you know what I mean? But that structure, that page told me, changed oh, the way the I game, hey? yeah. It changes the game. It's so, so, I know. It's so powerful because you often, like, and that's what even a lot of Christians think is they go, oh, prayer, I have to ask for something. I'm asking for something. Oh, I'm only going to pray if something bad is happening to me, yeah. like, yeah. and I need help. That's what people think prayer is. And mm-hmm. even non-believers, like, oh, does it do my head in when they're like, oh, I'm praying, like, i got to pray for this or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you don't even know. Like, yeah. but prayer is such an amazing tool to use. Oh, like, absolutely, honestly, yeah. I pray about everything. <laughs> if I'm going to the hairdresser, I'm like, please, Lord, don't make yeah. it bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I pray about literally everything and it's turned into like a conversation with him. Yeah. And I always go, like, and if you thank him for things, like mm. at the beginning, if you thank him for things, you really start to, like, it's never just like, oh, thank you for this chair I'm sitting on. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Like, and it just keeps going on. Yeah. And it makes such a difference in your life, like mm. such a big difference yeah. because you go about your day feeling grateful for literally everything. Like you yeah. go outside and you're like, wow, I like the noise those birds are making. Yeah, wow, exactly. God did that. Like, how yeah, cool is that? Ivy taught me this thing to always look up and I remember reading somewhere in my Bible and it was saying like, focus, what was it? Fix your eyes. What is it? Fix your eyes on heaven because that's oh, where the reality is or something like that. Uh, it was like talking about like, don't just look about what's going on in front of you. Instead, like look up. Yeah, so basically heaven, point I'm getting at. the real action is. Yeah, point I'm getting at. That immediate, I don't, I feel like we always end up on the topic of morning routines <laughs> because, well, it's something we're all really passionate about, especially Abby, Robin and I, like it's, it's sewn into our DNA now that we literally cannot go a day without implementing these mm-hmm. things in our day. Mm-hmm. And I just think like, it's so true because if you start your day off by looking up, 
it's like I'm already up. Like yeah, I was gonna say you know that um I don't know if you know this Elevation worship song. It's called I Will Look Up, and the lyrics in it is like literally like just the sum of what faith is. It's like what is it? I will look up. Cause there is none above you. So hard. Not I to will. Sing. Wait, I know. I'm trying not to. <laughs> I will look up. I'm not gonna sing, but it's like, I will look up for there is none above you. I will bow down to tell you that I need. I you. need you, Jesus. And it's like Jesus, and then it's. Oh. I look ahead. No, I will look back and see that you were faithful. I look, look ahead, ahead believing you are able. able. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a new playlist. Actually, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh is God. it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Follow page. That's a worship playlist. Yeah, I, yeah, do. Yeah. I have a worship playlist, but I'm, we're also going to make like the podcast the one podcast just to access. But I do have a worship playlist. Because you need to add more That's to it. There's so many more bangers I want to add. Um, I was going to say, Robin, I haven't told you this yet, but I've changed. Remember we saw Jesus Calling in, in Kurong? I swapped devotionals. So I've been reading Jesus Calling, right? And I needed something like I was getting goodness out of the Bible, obviously, but I wanted... You're right there. Are you done? Just tie it. Screw the lid on. Tighten it. And you were doing that right. Jeez. Okay, going back to what I was saying, I've changed emotionals. This is what happens, Robin. I read, um, I've started reading Jesus Calling, right? And I remember it actually sat in here in this office. And I was like, what's that? Like, it's cute. Anyway, and obviously, like, God isn't on auditory. Like, he's not, he can't speak to us. But I think God's really cool in the way that he does communicate with us in different ways and stuff like that. And I was getting stuff out of, like, the word, but I needed something more. And I started reading Jesus Calling, right, by Sarah Young. And it's literally, like, day-by-day devotionals, right? But it's him talking to us, like, um, come to my presence. Like, know that I have, give this day to me. Mm. And it has changed everything to me that and it's basically it's all true like it's truth it's like yeah. it's all so yeah i'm gonna send you one tomorrow morning that was just a weird plug but we're all we're all so passionate about our mornings yeah. and our coffee oh even better. Our, mugs. <laughs> our, mugs. our mugs we're actually we're actually making mugs together wait how do you take your coffee uh it depends i would normally have like a almond caramel latte you like caramel uh-huh did i tell you what i made the other day no okay okay ice uh, is a uh, what's it called? Ice like a like an americana, right? Mm-hmm. So just like brew your coffee over a glass of ice, and then fill it with water, obviously because it's black. And then in a bowl, whip together thickened cream, <laughs> caramel syrup, salt, and milk, and you like whip until it's like a like a yeah like a fat cream, and you just plonk that on top of your coffee, and it drips, drips down the side. I'm telling you, whew, life changing. I'm life so funny. Changing. I'm really just thinking. You know when you wake up some mornings and you're so thirsty? Yeah. I remember I a big big cup of, like, a big cup and I fill it with coffee, ice, yeah. brew the heck out of a black coffee and then just fill that thing up with water and then just But you know what's funny it? is I literally, I know my body needs, like, ca- like caffeine because I wake up and I have a headache and then I have my coffee during my quiet times. So I was like, thank you, God, for coffee. You watch, Ben's going to cut this. Ben's probably going to cut this whole coffee Well, I hope he out. doesn't because. But I hope he doesn't because now I want coffee. It's 10 o'clock at night. Okay. Alrighty, so to wrap up this conversation, Robin, to end things on an even lighter note, that's beyond coffee, you're 20 next week. I know, it's so scary. How are you feeling? To be honest, I feel like I'm about to turn 50, <laughs> not 20. I feel like I'm going to be so old. You know what's even scarier is I'm not going to be on peas anymore. 
Like, how weird is Are that? Are you having your black license? I'm going to be on my, like, fools. You're full adulting. I know. Like, and, like, I'm turning 20 and I, there's still, like, yet to be a time when I'm not asked for my ID. Like, I'm about to turn 20 and I'm always asked for my ID. Oh, yeah. Because you don't, you don't look 20 out. Yeah, but, like, I'm 20. 20, 20, 20, 20 just seems like a Think about it. The number, last, like, like, I mean, the last number that was, like, you know, like, is, was 10. And then all of a sudden mm. you're 20. It's like, whoa. What, you, what? You, can, you were born 20 years ago. Yeah. I know, true. That's crazy. And you know what? Like, actually, Abby, you who said it to me last week. Yeah. This is the decade, like, I'm going to get married and have children. Well, hopefully. But, like, God willing. That's, what the heck? Yeah. Like, where did time go? Yeah. Mm. Well, halfway to 40. Halfway to 40. Oh, my gosh. All I know is, Robin, God's got good plans for you, girl. Oh, thank you. And you too. <laughs> anyway, Robin, to wrap up this conversation, thank you so much. Thanks a million for coming on this week. No, oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you both like for being such a big, big part of my life. Like you guys really don't understand how much you've helped me through everything as well, especially seeing your journeys through faith. And it's so cool to know that I have two other people that are so passionate about the same thing <laughs> yeah. as I am. Oh, Robin, yeah, you're so you. welcome. You're so welcome. We can't take credit for that. We know that. It's all him. It's all him. That's good. Well, thank you so much, Robin. We love you. Thank you. You inspire us every single, every single, every day. single day from your story. To and message. we're so blessed. I, thank God that Chaz <laughs> found you at the time because you have been such a blessing to us and my whole family. We love you so much, Robin. Thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives and for anyone who knows Robin. And everyone, make sure you wish Robin a happy birthday. <laughs> 28th of July. I think when this co- No, it doesn't come out. It'll be next week when it comes out. <gasps> oh, yay, happy birthday to you. <laughs> anyway, everyone go wish Robin a happy, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you Robin. Thanks, Robin. Love you. Well, guys, we hope that you enjoyed that conversation between us and Robin. We are so thankful for her. She's amazing. Don't forget to share our podcast with your friends and family. Give us a rating and follow us on our socials because why not? We love and appreciate every single one of you so much. And stay tuned for next week's episode because it's going to be good.